Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. We pray the prayer, open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our heart to respond, and our mind to be renewed. Holy Spirit, you can do all of those things at once, or you can focus on one specifically. And Lord, you know what area of our being needs to be enlightened with your revelation, needs to be reminded of the truth, needs to be reminded of the calling and unique gifts and identity that you've placed in us. The outpouring of your Spirit is upon us and the overflowing comes out of us. Help us to partner with you in Jesus' awesome name. Amen. Let's take our seats. Wow. So good to see you all today. Every time we sing, more people keep coming. This is awesome. <laughs> that was simply profound, Pastor Murray. That really was simply profound. And I want to share today just on some aspects of the Holy Spirit and who He is and what He does in our lives. And uh, there are many pictures or forms in which the Holy Spirit reveals Himself. We had the river today and we have wind and fire and rain and living water oil, dew, and another one is the dove of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 3.16 says, As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At the moment heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And then the Father speaks. Here we see this amazing picture of a dove. God could have chosen any bird, but he chose a dove. And it's interesting to note that the wing feathers of a dove have nine points on them. So a dove has two wings, and I believe one wing represents the nine fruit of the Spirit, and the other wing has nine points, which represents the nine gifts of the Spirit. Isn't God amazing? And so when the Holy Spirit comes in us when we're born again, because He comes and renews us, he comes to dwell in us and he wants us to grow and in the nine fruit of the Spirit and be available for the nine gifts and all the variations that are a part of it to flow through our lives. Fruit grows but gifts are given. I've had people praying for the fruit of the Spirit to be deposit in their life. No, fruit grows. It's not a gift. I've heard people praying for patience or kindness. No, it's not a gift. It's a fruit that you grow in because you grow in your relationship with God. The Word of God does its work, transforming us. So fruit grows and gifts are given. So when gifts are given, we need then to learn how to grow in them Step out in faith, walk with wisdom with them. How many have seen someone with a gift and boy, they've messed up God's reputation real bad because it was self-focused. It was uh, all sorts of stuff, fear in the middle of it, great zeal and compassion, which went way beyond what the gift was supposed to do. I was, I was like that when I was young, so passionate. I think, mate... I just blast them out of the water with a fire hose. They didn't have a chance to drink. <laughs> but God's gracious. He keeps working with us. You learn to turn the, the nozzle down a bit. Or you learn to turn it up a bit because you're just too calm and too scared. Oh, I think God's saying something. Hey, just do it freely and with confidence. And that's a journey where we grow. And you do it out of love for people. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 says, Now about the spiritual gifts, special endowments given by the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. The King James says, don't be ignorant. Don't be a fool. And yet, so many Christians and so much of the church is so uninformed and ignorant about how the Holy Spirit wants to work in and through the body of Christ. And God wants us to understand and for Quite a number of years, God's been stirring my heart. You need to teach on this. And I travel a little bit, not like Pastor Murray does. And I go and teach on this in church. And they say, mate, we haven't heard that for 20 years. 
no one's teaching on this. And it was just 101. It wasn't deep stuff. I thought, God, we need to understand what you... Let's do what the Word says. Don't be ignorant or uninformed about what the gifts are. Then in verse 4 it says, Now there are distinctive varieties of spiritual gifts, special abilities given by the grace and extraordinary power of the Holy Spirit operating in believers, but it's the same Spirit who grants them and empowers believers. You notice that they're given by God's grace. You can't earn a gift. It's a gift. It's given. It says to desire them, hunger after them, but you can't buy it. I mean, read in the book of Acts what happened when you try to buy it. That's a dangerous, dangerous pathway. You can't try and manipulate God's hand and says, I want this to be like someone else. That doesn't work either. God will sometimes give you a little touch of it and realize just how powerful and dangerous it is when it's not used with character. You ever seen a bird with one wing? What's it do? It either goes in circles or crashes. How many churches and people, sometimes because they've just functioned on, well, we're just going to be holy and get all the gift, the fruit of the Spirit. No room for the gifts, so they become a nice holy huddle that doesn't change the world. We get people who get into the power and the gifts and that's all we're going to go for, but forget to get the vessel holy and not leaking too much. God says, hey, let's rise and soar like the dove of the Spirit with character and gifts and understanding how they grow and are given and released and the body of Christ will be healthy and strong. And as Pastor Mario shared, wherever we go, individually or as a group, the influence, we will correctly represent or represent Jesus to our community. We're representatives, which means to represent Jesus. And the more we understand this and balance, the better picture people are going to get of Jesus and you won't be able to stop them flocking in to his kingdom. Because that's what they're searching for. And it says they're grace gifts. That's why they're called charisma or charismata, which is grace gifts. And grace is like a beautiful flowing of the nature of Jesus over our lives. It's free, but you've got to let it function and flow. Verse 11, all these things, the gifts, the achievements, the abilities, the empowering, are brought about by one and the same Holy Spirit, distributing to each one individually just as He chooses. Wow. Wow. So if God puts a gift, prophetic gift on someone, you can be inspired by it, you can be stirred by it, but you can't be that if that's not what God's purpose for you. Don't get jealous of someone else's gift or anointing. We're here to complex for the common good, the Bible says. It's for the common good of the church and the community. So how often does the enemy get you stirred, or your flesh say, I'd just like to be like them. Now, if that's a God stirring, I remember when I was young, one of the first things I remember in church, I was brought up in church, been there all my life. I was in a little church at Crow's Nest and Gumbungee, and one of my first memories is lying under the seats on a Sunday night, supposed to be going to sleep, but here's an evangelist moving in the word of knowledge and people getting healed in front of my eyes, and something in my little heart about four years says, one day I'll do that. Now, that was a God-given desire, not trying to compete or be like him. I remember when I was eight, I saw Pastor Gerald Rollins moving a word of knowledge and healing people. And the Spirit of God says, you can do that one day. And I said, God, you're going to have to show me. I was a shy kid. And I thought, there's no way. And then over the years, and when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, he started to stir me. So I used to love to hang around prophetic people. And And then I'd ask him, how did you do that? Some were gracious and tell you, and I met one guy, he moved in incredible power. He said, I'm not telling you because I'll give away my secret. And I thought, I just, I was shocked. I said, it's not your gift, it's the Holy Spirit. Equip the body. But somehow he got down a track that it was his gift and he didn't want to share the secrets. I thought, <laughs> I thought, Lord, help me never to be like that. 1 Corinthians 12 
Um, verse 4 says there are different kinds of gifts but the same spirit distributes them there are different kinds of service but the same Lord there are different kinds of working but in all of them and in everyone it's to serve the same God at work then to each now to each one the manifestation spirit is given for the common good to one there's given the message of wisdom and we list the message of knowledge by means of the same spirit faith healing gifts of healing miraculous powers Another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to all still another the interpretation of tongues. We're not going to unpack all of those because that's another whole journey. And I've been teaching every second Sunday night on the gifts of spirit going through them because God said you need to equip the body. You just need to equip believers so they're no longer ignorant. And so that's what we're doing in our church. God said do it. I did it years ago as a series in church. But the Lord says you need to unpack that. And everywhere I go and preach on it, people said, hey, someone's got to teach this. I'm thinking, surely you know this? But no. Anyway, God's helping us to do our little bit. A couple of quick things on the gifts of Spirit. Seek the fullness of the Holy Spirit, not just the power and the gifts. The Holy Spirit's God. Just love his presence. Make room, have walk with him, and he will then reveal his nature and power. And secondly... Know the voice of the Holy Spirit. If you want to move in any gift, you've got to know his voice. There's so many voices in the world today. There's the voice of the enemy. There's your own soul and spirit. There's other people's voices and there's the voice of the Spirit. The first thing to grow in the ways of God is to know the voice of how he speaks to you and through you. And that took me a long time to get there. I was so shy. I didn't want to make it, muck it up, so I was overly cautious and uh, God's gracious. He teaches us if we're hungry and learning. I want to look at how, what Jesus taught about the Holy Spirit. I thought, let's go to the source. The Holy Spirit was poured out by Jesus and the Father. Let's look at what Jesus taught in John 14, 15 and 16 about the Holy Spirit. Verse John, John 14, 15. If you love me and keep my commands, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and he will be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because you, I live, you also will live. On that day you will realize that I am in my Father and you in me and I am in you. Whoever is my, has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love them and show myself to them. So here we see Jesus starts to teach and unpack the Holy Spirit. Remember this is his speaking um, just not long before he died and went to heaven. He said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. They didn't know what the Holy Spirit looked like. They didn't know what they were going to get. It was a bit of a scary time. That's like us. Sometimes people are scared to get filled with the Holy Spirit because we're not sure what, it's going to, what the experience is going to look like. We're not sure when the Spirit of God starts to move in a meeting or when you're out and God starts to nudge your heart to go and pray for that person, starts to give you a word of knowledge about them. That's, that's fun, but it's scary because you're not sure what they're going to do. Just keep it as natural as possible and, uh, and just let him flow through you. Then he goes on in chapter 5, uh, verse 26. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And will remind you of everything I have said to you. That's a good deal. Who, who remembers all the things Jesus taught? They, remember, they didn't have it written down. It was all just oral. They needed the Holy Spirit. Some people say, well, we've got the Bible now, so we don't need the Holy Spirit to teach us. No, the Holy Spirit inspired the Word of God. It, it is the revelation, but we need it in our life every day. And if he, I'd rather know the author than just try and interpret what did he really mean. The Holy Spirit will unpack the Word of God and make it alive and revelation and food that will make it powerful to release to people. And that's why we need to know the author of the Word of God. It's the Word and the Spirit going together. And I've seen way too many Christians either awesome studying the Word or on the Spirit and an old preacher taught me when I was young, he says, if you've got all word and no spirit, you'll dry up. If you've got all spirit and no word, you'll blow up. 
But if you've got all, if you've got word and spirit together, you will grow up. I've never forgotten that. I thought that's powerful. And some teachers will lean more towards the word, and some breakthrough people will lean more to the spirit. But make sure you've got the word and the spirit together because then you'll grow up and be mature sons and daughters of Jesus and you will be great representatives of him how many people have been turned off from church or Christians because they've seen Christians just do dumb stuff getting downloads from heaven but no wisdom in how to release it or their life and the fruit of the spirit's not developing and so their the message is lost in the example of the messenger God, you're helping us. You're teaching us to grow and mature. And it goes on. Verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you to the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. Into chapter 15, verse 26 in the Amplified. But when the helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counsellor, strengthener and standby. Well, I reckon you can plug into one or more of them every day, hey? Comes whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth who comes from the Father, he will testify and bear witness about me. Last chapter, John 16, verse 7 says, But now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, Where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts and taken complete possession of them. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, Counselor, strengthener, standby will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you to be in close fellowship with you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world about the guilt of sin and the need for a saviour and about righteousness, about judgment, about sin and the true nature because they do not believe in me and my message. About righteousness, which is personal integrity and godly character. We say seek first the king when he's righteous and most of us got no idea what righteousness looks like. There's a very brief thing, personal integrity and godly character. Because I'm going to my father and you will no longer see me. About judgment, the certainty of it because the ruler of the world, Satan, has been judged and condemned. I have many more things to say to you but you cannot bear to hear them now. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth Full and complete truth. Jesus said, I've got a lot more to tell you, but they weren't ready to receive it or it wasn't the right time. So the word of God reveals the truth of who God is, but the Holy Spirit continues to reveal stuff to us in our crazy present world. That's what he's doing. For he will not speak in his own initiative, but he will speak whatever he hears from the Father the message regarding the Son, He will disclose to you what is to come in the future. Wow, that means you get rid of all those crazy end-time conspiracy theories. Hello? And let's have the Word and the Holy Spirit unpack it because He just said He will reveal what we need to know in this season of our lives. Wow. I didn't say a lot during COVID publicly, but one thing I did say is don't let fear, don't let anxiety, don't let division, and don't let conspiracy take you off track of Jesus and his kingdom. Okay, moving along. We just made a few friends and a few people saying, oh, I'm not sure now. He says he will reveal to you what is to come in the future. That takes a whole lot of stress out of living life. He will glorify and honour me because he, the Holy Spirit, will take from what is mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine because of this I said that he, the Holy Spirit, will take from what is mine and will reveal it to you. So to reveal is where we get the word revelation from. Revelation is revealing truth, things that we need to see, unpack them in a way that your mind and your heart can receive and respond to. Because we all have different filters of how we hear, how we reason, how we respond. And God, by His Spirit, knows who you are. He's created us in the image of God and He will unpack it in a very powerful way. That's on the day of Pentecost. It says, They saw like tongues of fire settle on each one individually. 
shows to me when the Holy Spirit comes on us and when he walks with us, he does it individually through your unique personality, calling and purpose in life. That's powerful. But we need to give room for that diversity to be expressed in the body of Christ and not try and make it uniformity. That's what we heard about today, how churches can get into uniformity instead of letting the unique expression of what the Holy Spirit wants us to be and do as churches, as individuals, as couples, as families. Oh, Holy Spirit, help us. They're powerful words. I just want to just highlight about six or seven things quickly that we see there. Number one, the Holy Spirit always lifts up Jesus. He will always, he says he'll take from me, he'll testify of me. The Holy Spirit will always exalt Jesus. Always, always, always. That's why some people miss the moving of the Spirit because he's in the background just exalting Jesus. He's there exalting Jesus. Always. So Jesus should be getting bigger in our heart and mind and we should be looking for every way we can bring Jesus into our broken, crazy world. The presence of Jesus. He focuses our attention on Jesus. Secondly, he's the spirit of truth. He will guide us into the full and complete truth. Wow, do we need truth today in the world of fake news, personal opinion, demonic lies, deception, all of that. Quite often I just stop when I'm facing a situation, I say, Holy Spirit, what is the truth about this person or situation? That's one of the most common questions I do in my life. I say, Holy Spirit, what's the truth about this person or this situation? And if I learn to listen and hear, it saved me countless chaos moments. It saved me with just thinking, well, I know how this works because this is how it worked last time. Holy Spirit, no, no, you're dealing with a different person. Things have shifted from last month when I did that through your prayer. Being led by the Holy Spirit is exciting and scary because you can't rely on formulas. You can't become religious and say, well, this is the seven steps to get there. With this person, we do step one and seven. This one, you've got to start at three and go back to two and then get to five, otherwise they'll never understand. Now, we're not, I'm not smart enough to know how to do that, but the Holy Spirit knows. You start at this point in witnessing this person, not here. But if you start here and don't go back to there, then they'll never get join the dots. I thought, Lord, you're so amazing. So in ministry, I've just passionately asked, Holy Spirit, what's the truth? about this person, this situation. What's the truth about my response right now? Why am I feeling afraid or overwhelmed or reacting? Why is anger stirring up in my heart? I need to know the truth about what triggers have gone off in my soul. What shadows are overshadowing me that are not of the kingdom of God? What filters are causing me to see this person with eyes of judgment instead of eyes of grace? You see how amazing this is? To be led by, it says, those who are led by the Spirit are the sons and the daughters of God. That's a scary scripture. It really is. We're born again by the Spirit of God, by the blood of Jesus. But if we're going to live out as his children, we need to be led by the Holy Spirit constantly. And it doesn't mean you're weird and spiritual. I don't say that out loud. It's, when I'm talking to someone, I get a conversation going here and here. Nearly all the time. And if you train yourself in righteousness and the ways of spirit, it becomes a natural response. You don't have to sort of, hey, let me go and have three days of prayer and fasting on that before I come back to you. You can hear a download in 10 seconds. Simple but clear truth. Do we all get it right all the time? No way. Because I've still got filters that are still getting redeemed. I've still got emotions that are still carrying the shock of the last person I talked to that's clouded my response right now. And, but the Holy Spirit knows us intimately. He says he will walk in close fellowship with us. 
and he's restoring our souls. And the more I've learned to walk this way, boy, joy comes, freedom comes, and life becomes very exciting. Another thing that he does is he's the Holy Spirit. We won't stay on this holiness moment for long, but I've learned if he's the Holy Spirit and he's flowing through me, I'm becoming more holy just by him working and flowing through me. I don't have to do a a, a four-week fast to get holy. He's the Holy Spirit, so his very nature, whenever I'm just in fellowship with him and honouring Jesus and opening the word for his revelation, holiness is being built and made in my life. Just because Jesus is the healer, you don't have to stop and try and find the right way to pray that prayer of healing. If you're in connection with Jesus, he's the healer, so wherever you go with him, healing is flowing around us. Now, I don't want to oversimplify this, but I want to declutter some of our thinking on how the Holy Spirit moves. And this is what Jesus taught. I don't know where we get some of the stuff that we've built up in our church life. I don't know where. I think it's often because we don't see happen what we want to have happen. So we start to, as men and women, reason it out and build all of our own ideas and solutions and try and explain why did God didn't move. Lord, help us. Is this helping anyone today? Wow. What did we read before about holiness, righteousness, about personal integrity and godly character? He's our divine helper. Wow. If God sent a divine helper, I want all the help I need. I know about you, but I need plenty of help because I just don't get it right. People come to me and I get taken advantage of you have some poor and they tell you the story and you give them some food or money and you find out they were just heading off to do drugs i'm thinking why didn't i discern that i get take i still get taken in by some stories and it's, it's good to be gracious but sometimes we need more wisdom and truth how's the best way to do it we used to put up people in our house and then you'd wake up in the morning and they'd taken off and half your furniture's gone you know you You learn by consequences. (laughs) You don't stop. You don't get a hard heart. You just get a strong heart that's still soft. Don't get a hard, callous heart in leadership and ministry. Get a strong heart, but keep it soft by the love of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit will help us to keep growing in that. Are we going to get ripped off? Yes, we are. Uh, Is the church going to be taken advantage of or misaligned? Yes, we are. But we just keep on loving people. He's our divine helper. He's our friend. Who's heard Pastor Tim Hall preach? What a crazy man of God. I did a week in Fiji with him and it was the craziest week of my life. I remember I heard him tell this story. When he was a young evangelist, he got invited to go into, I think it was one of the universities in Melbourne, probably Monash or one of those, there's a few decades ago where, where there were Satanists everywhere and there was New Age stuff. And, and uh, I think the students for Christ said, come on, Tim, and, and let's have a, a, a talk and a debate about Jesus. So he goes in there. Well, hundreds of them showed up and they're just out there to crucify him. And those who know Tim, he's a great communicator. He's a, a funny man. He's, he's a brilliant guy in stories. And he gets up and he's doing everything he can and they're heckling him and yelling at him and and no one's listening. It's chaos. And after about 10 minutes, Tim stopped. He says, Holy Spirit, help. And the Holy Spirit said, I was wondering how long it would take you to ask me. (laughs) There's one big guy down the back yelling the loudest. And the Holy Spirit started to download words of knowledge about this guy's life. Now, Tim didn't embarrass him, but spoke out, hey, say, sir, is it true that this is part of your background? Did this happen when you were 15? And all of a sudden, he went quiet. The whole crowd went quiet. The presence of Jesus came all the enemy schemes and imaginings and anger in that place melted away and he gives an altar call and dozens of young people give their hearts to Jesus. 
by asking the Holy Spirit's divine help and he just unpacked. One word of knowledge changed that whole university meeting. I've never forgotten that story. I haven't had as dramatic ones as that, but I've had some where I think, wow, why didn't I ask you earlier? Sometimes God's gracious, he'll just break into your thoughts and your whatever, but he often wants to be asked because he's a friend. He's not a bully, he's a friend. Wow. He's our comforter, advocate, intercessor, counsellor, strengthener. The word is paraclete, one who comes beside. He teaches you all things and reminds you of everything I've said to you. That's good news. How often you're in a situation and you say, well, I don't know what to do, and all of a sudden a verse of Scripture just comes alive. The Holy Spirit's just taught you and reminded you of something you know that's relevant right now. Sometimes he'll remind me of a person who I haven't seen for 10 years. And I've learnt now, if I, in a, a thought comes and I remind a person, I say, Holy Spirit, what are you reminding me about that person? And as soon as I get it, then I know that's something similar to what is right in front of me right now. Sometimes he'll give you pictures, words of knowledge. Sometimes a reminder of a name or a scripture. Know how the Spirit of God communicates to you. When we get in a meeting, I put my hands up in worship, but they're also my antenna saying, Holy Spirit, get rid of the static. What are you saying and doing in this place today? And what's my part in partnering with you? Because he'll show you what he's doing and you don't need to do anything. You just say, thank you, Jesus. We'll just keep lifting up your name. Other times you say, when you've got an opportunity, that person's going to be reaching out for prayer for healing and this is what you need to do. That's where wisdom comes. And sometimes when he gives you prophetic words, he says, I want you to release it now. Other times, he says, don't say anything right now, but that will give you insight to pray for them in the next few weeks and the moment will come at the right time for you to speak to them. That's wisdom. If you do it too early, it overwhelms them. They're not ready. Wisdom with the gifts of the Spirit will make them more powerful and more accurate and more effective. And number seven, the Holy Spirit inspired the Word of God and He gives us revelation and understanding of the powerful Word of God. Ephesians 1.17 says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. You know Him, but He wants us to be better. I pray the eyes of your heart. That's interesting, the eyes of your heart, not the eyes in your head. Did the author, did Paul get this wrong? Was he having a bad moment? The eyes of your head? No, the eyes of your heart, your spiritual eyes. To see with the spirit eyes, not just the head eyes. You need to have both of them open. Quite often when I pray, I keep my eyes open. Because you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> Seriously. I've nearly been decked in meetings where I thought I was praying a word of faith. And they got anger and so you start praying and it just stirs them up. I've had to duck one or two of those in my time. Or you start to pray and all of a sudden fear drains away and pain rises and then grace releases their soul. So if I've got my eyes closed, I'm missing some of the signals that God's communicating to me. I usually only close eyes so that we lose to keep away distractions. But when I'm praying for people, I often keep my eyes open to see what God's up to. That's just my little journey because I used to miss too much. I said, Lord, let the eyes of my heart and my head be open to see what I need to see. And he goes on and says, um, they may be enlightened or that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in, this, in his holy people. His incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realm. Far above all, rule, authority, power, dominion, every name that is named, not in this present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. We are delegated leaders, not controllers, not managers. He's the head. The Holy Spirit releases us to function in whatever leadership role, in your family, in your business, in your workplace. It's his body, which is the fullness of him who fills everything. I want to look at that key area. 
Luke 4, 1. It's these foolies left the Jordan led by the Spirit of Wilderness. Uh-oh, I thought it's a friend. He led into the desert to face the wild lions. And 40 days are taken in his proving time. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will take you into places that you think, what on earth am I doing here? I've been on some missions trips and I think, God, what on earth am I doing here? He says, I brought you here to teach you something or to flow through you with something. And sometimes on mission trips, I come back learning more than what I went to give because God enlarges your heart. You see the pain and brokenness of the world. You see the kingdom of God across cultures. You see the schemes of the enemy, but God's plans always trump the schemes of the enemy. And there's so many things happen there. And so he's led by the Spirit in the wilderness. Where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days. And at the end of them he was hungry. What an understatement that is. I love the Bible. It tells it like it is, eh? 40 days without food, you're going to be famished. <laughs> I've never done a 40-day fast, but I'm not planning on one either. Not at this age. When I was 20, I might have been able to do it. But <laughs> You know in those temptations, we, we won't go through them now, but those three temptations addressed... One was to the body, one to the soul, and one to the spirit. One was dealing with the world, one was dealing with the flesh, and one was dealing with the devil. I'll leave that for you to unpack that yourself. Luke 4 verse 5. The devil led him to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I give you all that, their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. What's the question here? It's about authority. The real battle when Jesus was on earth and ministered was always about whose authority are you walking in. Authority is often the key question and motive that we have to get right. You watch it throughout the Gospels. goes on. And uh, verse 14 Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. He went out full of the Spirit and he comes back after successfully dealing with the temptations. And when you go through a testing time, you'll come back in the power of the Spirit, not just full of the Spirit. A lot of us are happy to settle for full of the Spirit, but God says, hey, if you're willing to keep following me, you'll come out in the power, authority of the Spirit. And, uh, and it says, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues. Everyone praised him. Wow, crowds are fun, aren't they? Everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. On the Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue. as was his custom. He stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet, as I was handing him, unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me. Proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. In those days, they stood up to read the scroll and then they sat down to teach. So when he sat down, it didn't mean he'd finished. He sat down now ready to teach. We stand up to teach, they sat down to teach. And that's why, I'll, I'll show you something else in a minute on the way out. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began saying to them, today this scripture fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked. And they're thinking, this is amazing. And then they started to reason. And then the next few verses we won't read, but he starts telling them that the, the good news is for the Gentiles as well. They said, no, 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 this is just for the king. We're going to restore the kingdom of Israel like David had. That was their interpretation of what Jesus was going to do. Just like we can misinterpret what the Holy Spirit's up to today in the church. And I think Murray very successfully challenged us to start thinking out of the box. And then he goes on in verse 28. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. Hold on, they were all praising him a few minutes before. Make sure you know which crowd you're following. They got up, drove him out of the town, took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. Mate, Jesus was going to get murdered on his first sermon. Stephen did. 
Not everyone likes it when we move in the spirit and the power of God. But, I love the but here, he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. Whoa, whoa. There's hundreds of them. Naturally, they could have thrown him off the cliff. The authority of Jesus kicked in and he walked through the crowd and no one dared to touch him. It's about authority. What we say, how we carry ourselves, it's about authority. You don't have to be afraid of what the enemy's up to. The authority of Jesus in you is way, way greater. Greater is he that's in the world. Greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. Let's live in that reality and his power. And then it goes on and uh, in verse, uh, where did we get to? Yeah, verse 2, then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath he taught the people. They were all amazed at his teaching because his words had authority. Wow. In the synagogue, there was a man possessed by a demon, an impure spirit. He cried at the top of his voice, go away. What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. The evil spirits worked out who Jesus was before the crowds did. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out in. The demon threw the men down before them and came out without hurt injuring him. All the people were amazed and said to each other, what words they are with authority and power. He gives orders to impure spirits and they come out. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. The big question was about authority. The Holy Spirit will equip us and as you walk Humbly and gently in him, he will give you whatever authority is needed for your ministry, your role. Authority is not lording over people. Jesus was a servant leader who walked in great authority, but he washed the disciples' feet. Put his arms around the lepers. It's different than the world's authority. I'm the boss, yes sir. No, it's a heart response here of gratitude and thanks. And I really think, I was in our Bible college class on Thursday afternoon watching a series on discipleship. I didn't hear the last 10-minute lecture. I was there, but God just started to challenge me. He said, on Saturday, you need to tell people to make sure their authority issues are in right order. And I started writing. He said, so many people are hungry for the spirit, but they don't see the full measure because there's authority issues in their hearts that are not in order and God can't trust them with this fullness of power. I thought, whoa, can I say that? He says, yes, you better. I'm really serious. God loves us so much. But so many of us have authority issues in our lives because of broken father and mother relationships. Being wounded and hurt by people we should have been able to trust. Abuse. People in government positions and others that have misused their authority so our hearts in reaction don't just want justice but we actually react out of a faulty response mechanism and it then flows over to the way that we treat Jesus and his people. Those that are not yet Christians are made in the image of God. We're meant to carry God's love to them, not judge them. They're just tarnished by sin and brokenness and the schemes of the enemy. The church has done poorly in this area way too many times. But it's time. As Christians and as churches, we get this authority issue in order. Submit to the lordship of Jesus in our lives. If you want to flow in authority, you need to be under authority. Otherwise, God won't long-term trust you with his kingdom authority. 
Jesus was a servant leader under the authority of his heavenly father. He'd go into places and heal one person. He could have healed the lot. There were sometimes he healed them all. Sometimes he'd heal one and then move to the next town. And, hey, Jesus, the crowds want you. He only did what the father showed him to do. Wow, that messes with her head sometimes, isn't it? Sometimes everyone got healed, other times only one. And then he walked on. He did what the Father showed him. We do what the Holy Spirit shows us. If you do that, you will see greater increase of kingdom life in and around you. Ooh. It says to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That would solve a lot of strife, wouldn't it? Submit to spiritual authority, not so they can control you, but they can lead and protect you. There are more people outside the churches today than are inside, Christians, and many are because of offence, sometimes spiritual wrong practices and abuse, control issues, all sorts of triggers. God says, come on, I want to restore your body. I want to make it whole. I want to heal our souls. Some because we've had terrible authority figures in our fathers and mothers or others. And so we then struggle to submit to his authority and to his delegated authorities of governments, police, teachers and pastors. And we wonder why well, we don't see the kingdom of God manifest like the book of Acts. I want to tell you this is one of the reasons. Not the only one, but it's one. And I want to have you on just for the Holy Spirit say you need to prophetically just speak this into our heart. And if this speaks to you, just take it to God and say, Lord, I need to let you heal and restore my life. I need to go back to your word. Romans 13 verse 1 says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Ouch. We don't like reading these verses. We like reading the first part, but not the second part. God's so gracious. He takes us on the journey of freedom. I've been in places where pastors and leaders, when I was younger, did dumb stuff, wrong stuff, unjust stuff. And I'd walk out of their office and say, God, what was that about? He said, you won't understand, but keep your heart right. Keep your heart right. Otherwise, you will be messed up for the rest of your days. And thank God he gave me grace to identify that at a young age. And by God's grace, I'm still learning how to do that. Wow. I was really disturbed during COVID for all sorts of reasons, and many of us were. But the biggest disturbing thing I saw was governments and places, authorities overreaching probably unhealthily. And we all saw it. But our response to it is what God was looking for. I started searching the scriptures and to my amazement, Jesus never spoke against the Roman government in though, in, and it was the worst government ever in history. The Apostle Paul never spoke against the Roman government once, even though they were killing Christians. And I thought, Lord, I don't quite get this, but I'm going to try and keep my heart right. Do you speak up when there's injustice? Yes, you do. Do you try to make things right? Yes, you do. Do you pray? Yes, you do. But we've got to make sure we don't break Romans 13. Otherwise, consequences. I've just made a few more friends and a few more enemies. But it's the word. It's not my opinion. It's the word. And I really struggled. Yes, I did. Oh, the presence of Jesus is here. So powerful right now. I can feel his powerful anointing. Because God just wants to do some things in our hearts. The centurion, servant sick. Jesus said, I'll come. Jesus said, he said, no, don't come. 
I'm a soldier under authority and if I speak, it happens. If my commander speaks, it happens. So just say the word and my servant will be healed. And you know what Jesus said? He said, I haven't seen such great faith in all of Israel. And it was all about authority. We pray for faith when sometimes the issue is understanding authority. We better stop there because we're drilling a bit deep. But the Holy Spirit is just says, hey, where's our keyboard player? He's hiding. Thanks, man. I want to finish on a good note, even though that is a good note. But it's challenging. But I really believe the Holy Spirit's working overtime on us as individuals and the body of Christ to know how to do it. Do I write letters? Do I sign petitions? Yes, I do. Do I speak up where I need to speak up for injustice? Yes, I do. Do I pray? Yes, I do. But it's got to be done with the right attitude. Otherwise, you lose your power. That's all I'm saying. Some really good news. John 7.37. Now, on the last and most important day of the feast, Jesus stood. See, one of the few times it says Jesus stood to teach because he always sat down to teach. That's why everyone said, whoa, Jesus is standing to teach. Something big's going down. That's what happened there. He stood and called out in a loud voice, if anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, who adheres to trust in and relies on me, as the scripture said, from the innermost being will flow continually rivers of living water. Woo! Not just when you get full of the Spirit, not when you're just in a crazy prayer meeting or a great Holy Spirit worship session. It will flow continuously through your life. That's the Holy Spirit that we want to walk with. He's our friend. He's our helper. He's our comforter. He's the one who flows through us continuously. Even when you're feeling sad, overwhelmed, tired, offended, too busy, it says the Holy Spirit will flow continuously. Let's stand in His presence. Some of us need to tap back into the continuous flow of the Spirit of the living God. It says it will flow continuously. Out of your being shall flow rivers of living water. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.